0: This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth managers who go above and beyond to guide and support you. CanDo is more than just an attitude, it's navigating today for a brighter tomorrow. Visit CanDoWealth.com Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, I'm James Heal and I'm joined today by Katie Balls and Fraser Nelson. Now, a few hours after the last recording of Hour Shots, Chris Skidmore announced his intention to resign from Parliament, and today he's formally done so. Katie, there's now going to be a by-election in Kingswood. Talk us through the story.
1: Yes, so as we had last week, Chris Skidmore has decided to quit. Now, he had already said he was going to uh, leave the Commons. It was just a presumption, and what he had suggested was that he was going to leave at the conventional time which would be the time of the next election. Chris Skidmore is very unhappy about various things but in particular a bill that's currently going through the Commons on oil and gas licenses. Now the Tories pitch this as about energy security, one of the things they want to make a dividing line with Labour and this idea of annually having these new licenses. Chris Skidmore has decided that this is just the straw that breaks the camel's back and said that he planned to quit as an MP ASAP, and to quit completely. Rylan of perhaps is an independent. He is quitting and sparking a by-election today. He's formally announced that he has written letters to the Chancellor to activate that process. Now, I think it's fair to say that when it comes to the Tory MP reaction to this, it's hard to find anyone with anything positive to say about Chris Skidmore. I think probably Zach Goldsmith would be positive, but he of course is a peer, not an MP. A like-minded character when it comes to the environment. But if you look at the comments over the weekend, you know, Damien Green, One Nation Tory MP, publicly saying that he's very annoyed at what Chris Skidmore has done. I think that the fact that Chris Skidmore's seat is actually being abolished in the Boundaries Commission means that we're now having... Uh, taxpayer subsidised by-election which is going to put an MP in that place for just a couple of months before an election and after that they won't have a seat and therefore I think that no matter where you stand in the green debate the feeling in the Tory party is that this is an act of self-indulgence and one that is much more about throwing your toys at the pram than perhaps a principled response.
0: Fraser what do you make of Chris Ginmore's resignation and the wider debate and the vote that's going on tonight?
2: I think a special rung in political hell should be reserved for those who've done what Chris Skidmore has just done. I mean, by all means, resign the whip, but then you stay in the back benches and serve your constituents. To actually have a hissy fit by election like Nadine Dorries did, because neither of them can bring themselves to serve their constituents until the end of the term as they had promised, I think, is an act of narcissism which just takes your breath away. Skidmore didn't even speak in the debate in which he purports to care about so much. He's rushing straight to his new career as a a a, a green expert-stroke lobbyist. He's been given a professorship at the University of Bath, no less. So Professor Skidmore, at the age of 42, only politics can turn a former history graduate SPAD into a professor of green politics at such a tender age. Uh, Presumably there'd be lots of consultancies going alongside that. He's getting paid 80 grand a year for one of them. his, His interests have just moved on, so he had a career in the masses while it suited him and now he's using the great a catapult of politics to set himself up as an expert in a subject where he's got no professional expertise. That's why I think the MPs are so annoyed, because sure, they get fed up with their jobs a lot. They might look at the opinion polls and think, no, there's no way I'm going to keep my seat. In Chris Skidmore's case, he has foisted an, a by-election cost the taxpayer something like a quarter of a million pounds. That's the cost of his egotistical explosion. And I do think that in our system, MPs simply should not have the ability to walk away at any point they want and refuse to serve the rest of their term. Or rather, they can, but I think the, um, they should be responsible for a good chunk of the by-election costs. And the irony is, of course, that if you look at the um, policy he's supposed to be resigning in such great principle over, this is whether to, to um, give the go-ahead to the Rosebank oil and gas field. When you look at it, the, the carbon intensity... Of LNG, liquid natural gas, imports from Qatar and Peru in America, which is the three places we get most of our LNG from, they are four times more carbon intensive than the um, LNG from our local resources. So nobody seriously thinks that we aren't going to need oil and gas in the journey towards net zero. So surely the question then should be let's do this in the least energy intensive way. Now I'll give you one example of what I do regard as good constituency service, and that's um, a church I went to in Somerset a few weeks ago. They had got angry about this new oil and gas um, field, as a lot of people are. The parishioners there had um, written a petition, and they sent it off to Jacob Rees-Mogg, the local MP. He had written a reply into them, a two-page letter, which they've got pinned at the back of the church, explaining this point about the carbon intensity, and saying that this will accelerate our route to net zero. In other words, trying to reason with them, but fundamentally to be there, to represent them. To represent people in this country is one of the greatest honours that public life can bestow. And it never ceases to amaze me how you get politicians who simply get a better job offer or get bored and walk away, and are able to walk away with as little comeback as Chris Goodmore has taken.
1: I think when it comes to the bill more generally, there'll be the vote this evening, and it's worth pointing out that I don't think Chris Skidmore was particularly representative of a larger scale rebellion in the Tory party on this. You have Zach Goldsmith, former Tory minister, gone rogue, suggesting people should vote against it in the House of Lords. But in terms of the Commons rebellion, I think there are some One Nation Conservatives who worry that it combined with Rishi Sunak's, you know, um, pushing back the deadlines on the conversion to electric vehicles sends a signal. But... Actually, I think where Chris Skidmore has been in terms of his interventions and where Zach Gosselin, they are quite far apart from the rest of their colleagues.
0: And Katie, the other big debate that's dominating at the start of this week is the fallout from the post office scandal. And today the prime minister was doing one of his PM Connect events. And I think the main newsline out of that was that he would strongly support calls to strip the former chief executive, Paul Venels of her CBE. Where do you see this story going? And what are the ramifications for some of the leading politicians right now?
1: So I think that you saw Rishi Zunek on Sunday trying to suggest, well, this is very much in the past. It happened in the 90s. And that had a little bit of a backlash to it, I think, because of the ITV drama. Even though this has been written about by journalists, it has been um, covered and pushed by certain MPs suddenly it has that public push behind it which means ministers are speeding up things that they could have done previously but now I think it's more of a sense of urgency. Labour I think are quite keen to push this as a coalition issue even though of course it dates back from 1999 and you therefore have a question as to does it reflect badly on the Tories or does it reflect badly on those in the Liberal Democrat Party who served in the coalition. I think that if you look at the ITV drama which is worth doing so given that I think this is why we're now talking about it. You have Tory MPs in that who actually come off. Quite well. Are you think about the questioning from Nadeem Zahawi? Are you think about the work, complete
2: himself in the drama, which he's supposed to say.
1: Yeah, hence I don't think he probably would accept it if it was the, if it was a drama about his tax affairs. But who knows? Perhaps that's the next ITV series. Um, but also, you know, backbench Tory MP who helped his constituents as well as that, and therefore I think it's a mixed picture for the Tories. I think probably the figure under the most pressure right now is Ed Davey, mm-hmm. leader of the Liberal Democrats, who had that important role on this very issue when he was in the coalition government and I think a point that you have observed James which is in the Times today which, you know, Davy has made 31 calls for people to resign from prominent positions <laughs> on his Twitter slash X account since April 2019 that includes Boris Johnson Kwasu Quatang, Cresta Dick Dominic Cummings Chris Grayling Pretty Patel Mark Field Rishi Sunak the former BBC chairman Richard Sharp the board of Thames Water and uh, every conservative MP who cares about integrity and decency So you do think if this was something happening to someone other than Ed Davey, Ed Davey might have called for them to resign by now.
0: Fraser, is he toast? I should, it,
2: there, there's something strange about everybody getting politically excited about this because ITV's done this drama about it so mm-hmm. it 's been giving me quite a lot of soul searching actually Is watching that, and my, my son Dominic was saying but daddy i don 't really remember this being in the news and he 's got a point this is one looking at that drama, which is one of the best political dramas I think i 've ever seen made in this country. It makes it so vivid it projects the, the human misery i t done a massive um, public service. In, in producing it. And it made me feel guilty as a journalist, thinking, look, I, I don't remember taking it to see. I do, do you remember re- reading about it, but for some reason I didn't join the dots in the way that I should have done, in the way that this wonderful drama does really powerfully convey a story not just to the post office but against what it can be like if you're fighting against a machine or a system of any description. I think of the the wrongful imprisonment of um, Andy Malkinson for example who was in prison for rape when the government was in possession of evidence that knew would discharge him. People can get so now and again, you can see something, you can get furious about it and isolated about it. And of course, that, I think, is why Rishi Sunak is trying not to do very much, because he's thinking, well, hang on a minute, um, we've known about this for ages. Why should I, if I'm seen to be getting up and worked up about this, just because ITV's put in a drama, but it doesn't say very much about our our politics. But I think, it, of course, the moral, the difficult question is left with me with is what are we ignoring right now? What are the stories mm-hmm. right now that we know exist that we might have heard of on the periphery, but because they haven't really foisted themselves onto the public agenda, we, we're not covering as journalists as we might do. And politicians aren't writing about or responding to as much as they should do. To see in front of your nose is always a huge struggle, as um, George Orwell famously said. And I think for me, that's one of the mortals to take away from the ITV drama, how journalists can always do a better job in seeing what's in front of our nose. And by the way, if anyone listening to this podcast knows something we should be writing about, but aren't giving enough attention to, then please email me at editor at
0: spectator.co.uk and we'll, um, I'll do my best. Thank you, Fraser. Thank you, Katie. And Before we go, could you have done a better job at producing this podcast? Did you spot an error I made, Fraser made, anyone else? Uh, If so, Spectator is hiring. We're looking for a new producer to join our broadcast team, working across our suite of podcasts, including this one, as well as our YouTube channel, Spectator TV. Follow the link in the podcast description and find it on our website.